1: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Hello and welcome to Loose Units, Loose Ends, the weekly spin-off podcast where my ex-cop dad, John and I, Paul, sit down and try and keep your company through this ongoing weirdness that is the state of the world right now. Dad, apparently you had a bit of a weird thing happen to you the other day, so without further ado, should we stop burying the lead and you can explain what it is? First of all, you have a video that's going quite well on your Instagram feed. Um, and could you please describe what it is for those people who aren't on social media? Firstly, hello everyone, every... <laughs> everybody...
2: Um, I'm feeling great this morning. Yeah, good. I've been up the road, had a coffee. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting in my makeshift studio. Yep. AKA the kitchen. The kitchen, yes. And I'm I'm pumped. I just thought I'd share that with you and the listeners.
1: But it seems like what happened to you was a bad thing, so why are you
2: in such a good mood? Well, I've got an Instagram account and they've got this little thing up the top called Insta... Well, I think it's called Insta Story, where you just post a little video or something, but it only lasts 24 hours Mm -hmm. and it expired... Mm -hmm. Um, about half an hour ago because I posted it yesterday morning and i'll tell everyone that don't know why in a sec but it had a it had over a thousand views which is pretty amazing um, it's the most i've ever had on a tiny little
1: sort of sort of
2: story that why'd, only lasts a while
1: why'd you post it as a story and not just a regular post
2: well well I'm very particular about the content in terms of you know the aesthetic photos I take.
1: So, you want your photography and, you know, you, okay, so you want your photography sitting there on the, on the wall, so to speak.
2: Yeah, well, it's, you know, a lot of thought goes <clears throat> into my photos. Yeah. I, you know, I love photography and that's, <clears throat> this was just a short video, but um, shall I start at the beginning?
1: Yeah, tell the story for everyone. Yeah.
2: Paul, and thank you very much for giving me this opportunity because I know it's loose ends, loose units, loose whatever's on Friday and I kind of feel this is quite apropos of Your next, or our next little segment. Mm. So, listeners, I wake. I have my alarm set for five forty a.m. Psychotic. And for most people that know what I do,
1: then I well, I get up. Um, Hang on, what are you? I'm sorry, I don't. I don't think people know. No, I don't think people know what you do uh, (laughs) of a morning. I don't think people are informed. Paul, look, I live in the city, but I.
2: It's like something's calling me. Yeah, it's the, called Groundhog the
1: Day. It's literally Sunny and Cher <laughs> plays, you wake up and you get you punch Ned Ryerson in the street. Your mornings are on a loop. So but suffice to say what you do in the mornings requires you to get up very early. Yeah.
2: But Paul, if if it was on a loop, <laughs> yeah. can I just point out something fairly basic? Sure. I wouldn't be getting any older. And I am aging. I mean, some listeners... Albeit slowly. ...think that you are, yeah, that you are not aging, but go on. <laughs> Paul, look, and back to the story. Um, <laughs> God. So I wake at 5.40, but yesterday morning, and bear in mind, listeners, in, in Sydney, mm-hmm. which is in Australia, um, for, for those living in obscure countries... We are at the tail end of summer, coming into spring, mm-hmm. and it's, it's really dark. I mean, it's pitch black. The sun is coming up later. Um, but yesterday morning, I woke at 5.30, which is 10 minutes prior to my alarm going off. So I just thought, you know what? I'm going to seize the moment. And I turned my alarm off, so it wouldn't disturb christine mhm because that's the sort of bloke i am i then performed my mini morning constitutionals and um you took a shit is that what you're saying no paul that's that's very no that's about 9am about right you got to keep that keep that <laughs>
1: oh, on, on the timetable oh
2: god paul anyway um so I just felt very positive yesterday morning. You know how some mornings you wake up and uh, you just feel you've got an extra zing yeah. in your step? Yeah. And I was feeling great, and I just thought, why don't I just leave 10 minutes early? Mm-hmm. And things were just... I can't explain to the listeners, but you know, we get those feelings that, that just things are a bit different. And I hopped in the ute, headed off, and there were thick clouds... Um, in the sky, funnily enough. And I drove over the Sydney Harbour Bridge and then I saw something. Now, listeners, you all know, and hopefully you all know, that I've been doing this trip from City to Manly for over two years. And I saw something, and it's not going to sound that weird, but I saw a Highway Patrol motorcyclist... Mm-hmm in full gear, on duty, and he was coming up alongside vehicles, mainly utes. And, uh, you know, I've got a Hilux ute. Mm. And I guess in America you'd call it a pickup. Um, And he was looking into each vehicle and then sort of moving on. But I was watching him, and I followed him for... It's always better to follow the police than have them following
1: you. No, that's not true at all. It is not better to follow... What are you talking about? If you ever see a police officer going about their business, it's probably best to follow them in a suspicious manner. Well, I don't speak like that. You do a little bit. Hmm.
2: Um, <laughs> no, no. What I mean when you're on on the road, yeah. you always feel less. It's less stressful.
1: I'm sorry, you're yeah, behind so the police. You're saying it's better to be behind the police than in front of them. Not yeah, but yes, but following them is an active process. I thought okay. you meant tail the police whenever you get the chance. <laughs>
2: Well, there are people that uh, they call them ambulance chasers, uh-huh. but that's another story. Um, so, Paul, yeah. I'm looking at this guy on the bike, and I'm admiring the way he rides, because they're bloody good riders, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, I haven't seen this in two years. I haven't seen... Because it's pretty dangerous for a police cyclist to be out in the dark, obviously.
1: Of course. It's I mean, the they, don't, they don't
2: they do not do night shifts, generally. Yeah. Um, And I'm following it, and I just kind of got a bit of a weird vibe. I can't really describe to you and the listeners what that vibe was. Suffice to say that I had this feeling, not a premonition, but I just thought, I just felt a bit slightly uneasy. Mm -hmm. And then he peeled off to the right. He actually went down Military Road to Mossman Police Station, where, as everyone knows, I used to work, because they've got Highway Patrol based there. Mm -hmm. And I proceeded and headed towards Manly. And then, listeners, I saw, coming up next to me, an ambulance. So I'd seen the police, then an ambulance. And then the first thought that came into my mind, obviously I'm thinking about who's inside the ambulance, which hospital they're going to. Mm. And I'm thinking about, you know, they're doing... I thought about shift workers in general. I thought about, you know, my time in the police force. And then I thought to myself... Wow! Imagine if I saw a fire engine, and guess what? What? I didn't see one. But I'm there was a set of lights very close to where I'm sort of my my end, you know, my location ends. Mm-hmm. And this set of lights, I always try and get the green arrow, and I just missed the green arrow. So I stopped, and it took me about two minutes for the next the whole change cycle of lights to go through. I then turned right and headed down and it started sprinkling and I know this road really, really well. And there's a big Olympic swimming pool. It's the Manly Swim Mm Centre. And it was on my right. And at the end of this big road, you veer left and if if there are cars on your right, you have to slow right down. And there was a car on my right and I've slowed right down and I actually stopped. And then all of a sudden... My, the cabin of my vehicle lit up and I looked in my rear vision mirror and I could see a vehicle coming towards me, but I knew that it wasn't slowing down. And I realised, and I can say hand on heart, everyone, that definitely time kind of slowed down and I was watching a potential motor vehicle accident unfold and the mm-hmm. first thing I did... I, I knew that the vehicle was skidding, and I re- and I just I did something that I think was really prudent. I completely relaxed. I took my hands off the steering wheel, and I just sat there. And sure enough, the vehicle slid into the back of the Ute. It lifted the back of the Ute about a foot off the ground, and the metal um, chassis. Underneath the ute, underneath the, the sort of the carrying area, mm-hmm. it, it sort of, the, the, the ute, sort of, this car went right underneath the back of the, the ute and the metal rods on my car, the big beams, one of them went straight through the front of her car into the engine. And I just sat there with this sense of almost, I kind of knew it was all going to happen and I'm sitting there fairly relaxed and then the first thing I tried to do, because I'm thinking about my mate down on Manly Beach waiting for me. Isn't that weird? Yeah. I just had a pretty bad prank and I'm thinking about my friend and how to get in touch with him to let him know so he doesn't have to wait in the dark. And that kind of threw me a little bit. And then I put the car into first gear and I started to accelerate. And as I'm driving my ute, moving it forward, mm-hmm. I'm actually pulling the Volkswagen Golf. And then I realized that we had become one. Enmeshed, if you will. Utterly. And then I, I got out of the car and these two young American girls, um, they were going to a sunrise party for a friend. You know what those parties when people get together on the beach and all get together and then they sort of um, celebrate whatever as the sun comes up. Yeah, okay. So that kind of made me a little bit. I guess I felt a bit sorry for them and thinking, wow, it's, you know, again, I'm thinking about you'll miss your little party. And so I felt sorry for them. And and then, of course, a very important part of my my brain clicked in and and I asked them the question. I just said, Are you insured? Because I knew that they were in the wrong. Um, I'm not sure what the rules are all over the world, but generally, if a car runs into you, um, they're in the wrong
1: and you were stationary at, this, at that point yeah
2: I mean? I, I'd stopped mm. to give way to a car and they just came careening through and they lo- they were absolutely skidding they were literally doing a four-wheel drift because of because of the, the the wet right and they had no control of their vehicle and it just speared into the back of and the and I looked at it and I've got other photos that I may may post but you can see how, how there's just no way you could separate the two cars and the problem was it's dark the traffic was really bad and the cars that were all behind us, they had no way of sort of moving. So another thing that I decided to do pretty quickly um, was walk up the, the line of cars mm. and tell every single person that we couldn't move. Because, you know, listeners, when you see a lot of car accidents, they're minor accidents and people will stop in the middle of a highway and they'll just, uh, when they can move... And it looked as though from, you know, innocent <clears throat> bystanders that we could actually have moved the two cars and, and thus stopped this absolute maniacal, chaotic shitstorm because mm. it's, it's, you know, there are a lot of cars on the road and it's a fairly major road and, and we, it was a shit fight and people were really getting the shits. So I'm explaining to all these people, look, you know, we, we just cannot move. And um, then I called um, Manly Police Station and explained um, what had happened, even though it was a minor accident. Did you plug the um, podcast
1: while you were doing so? Paul,
2: are you a soothsayer?
1: <laughs> did, you?
2: <laughs> oh, God, did you? No, I'm serious. But I'm coming to that. Okay. So you've kind of stolen my thunder I'm a little sorry. bit. <laughs> I was joking. I didn't think you would. No, I did. But that, that's, that's in the story. <laughs> okay. Oh, big time. Okay. Okay. Um, okay anyway these two police officers rock up uh. Uh, they were driving sort of a big wagon and they, they were young they were young guys and they, they were terrific um, the American girls were absolutely lovely mm. and Manly police station organized a a tow truck and this massive tow truck rocks up and the guy um, who was about seven feet tall he would have weighed. Uh, in kilos, probably 170 kilos.
1: Oh, one one of the cops?
2: No, the tow truck driver. Oh,
1: I'm sorry. Yes, yes, yes. He was.
2: He was just. He was just a massive, massive unit. Yeah, okay. And we're chatting away, and we're all standing on the verge, and there's the traffic chaos, and we're just chatting because uh, we couldn't do anything. I mean, the cars were interlocked. The tow truck driver had to do what he did, which I'll explain in a minute. But I'm chatting to the two police, and I'm chatting to the girls, and then I'm, I mentioned the podcast. And then the girls were Googling it, and then the police. One of the police officers had actually he he listens to it, and it was brilliant. It was oh. so great. And I'm taking sort of little videos and lots of photos, and we're all chatting. Right. And then the tow truck driver he brings the tow truck round to the front of my vehicle, and he attaches two massive and I mean massive hooks mm. underneath the ute.
1: Which are ute's kind of made for you know utes are pretty robust. They've got all they are robust. Of, yeah, yeah, not not like the golf. Okay.
2: Yeah, and oh, the golf was rat shit. Uh. And um, and another thing, listeners, that I think is kind of a little bit, perhaps, slightly surreal, mm. that is that the day before, I'd had my vehicle serviced, uh, and I'm talking just the day before, and I'd also just reinsured my vehicle at great expense. Right. Anyway, here's kind of the crux of this story everyone and i'm gonna tell i'm gonna relay it exactly as it happened so i'm standing there talking to two police officers and the two american girls so there are five of us and we're sort of next to all the action but we're standing away a little bit because the tow truck driver's put his two hooks on the underside front of my car and he's about to pull like try and separate the two cars
0: Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
2: Now, here's the punchline. And I've written it down so I wouldn't forget it because it's a classic. The tow truck driver shouts out to me, and this is exactly what he said. He said, I'll jack you off. And when he said, I'll jack you off, I looked at the two police officers and the two American girls. We're all just, our mouths just dropped. And I said to the police, did you hear what that guy just said? And everyone agreed that they'd heard it. Now, we all know what I'll jack you off means, don't we? Yes, Dad. But... He meant, I'll jack the car off the other car. Yes, I know. Yeah. I mean, I probably don't have to explain.
1: No. Well, don't you find that fascinating? Yes, I do. I just... Uh, that You weren't I- expecting that, were you? I'm really curious as to what the... Why you told me about the uh, highway patrol guy inspecting the cars beforehand. There was no link between those things. It was just like a bunch of weird stuff happening. In just the weird leader, stuff right? on the way. And, yeah, and okay. the fact...
2: The fact... <clears throat> And you, we all know this, people, that when something happens in your life, I mean, imagine every single. Imagine bad things that happen to you mm. or good things. You're standing in a queue. You let someone go before you. And then they would have won the lottery, but you win the lottery. Uh huh. Or if you go. V- Right back to the very beginning, imagine, uh, it's, it's insane talking about it, but if I had have stayed at home and done what I normally do and have done for two years, yeah, I wouldn't have been there. I would have been
1: 10 minutes behind. Yeah, okay.
2: Isn't that fascinating?
1: Yeah, so just a weird thing happened because you decided to slightly tweak your... Just slightly. Yeah. And if you go back
2: to conception, mm. imagine that. I'd Perhaps rather not. Prefer. I, yeah, I, I had, had, had a feeling
1: you'd say that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So what happened to the? I mean, we we are going to try and post that video on the Facebook group for people who missed the story because we mm. want people to see what happened because mm. it's a really, it's pretty, it's pretty aggressive the the, the the degree to which the cars were kind of you know trapped together. So I think we'll pop mm. that up. But what's weird, Dad, is that a couple of weeks ago Dan Leadley sent us a message. On the Facebook page. And it was about the, um, I remember when he was a kid, his grandfather took him and showed him this kind of accident site where there was a car wedged in the V in this tree, like five meters Mm. in the air. And we were trying to sit there and kind of, you know, uh, Netflix, true crime, staircase style, break down step by step, you know, like the physics of how it happened and sort of, you know, play detective, which was really fun. But we got a follow-up message from Dan, and given that it's about car accidents, I just find it interesting that this week it's just, you know, that seems to be the theme for this Mm, episode. Yep, yep. So I'll read you the message, and we can see if we can dig a bit further into this, okay? Yep. G'day, guys. Brilliant episode. I really enjoyed it. I probably should have been a bit more descriptive. I never imagined you would do a whole episode on it. Fair point. Firstly, on the bend in the road, I should have pointed out it was on a bit of a hill, with the point of the bend at the highest point, and there was also a mound of dirt along the edge of the road where the road was built into the hillside, so that could effectively have worked as a ramp, question mark. Secondly, on pointing out he probably broke the ankles getting out of the car slash treat. I just presumed, presumption the mother of all fuck-ups, that it happened in the actual accident. As for what happened to him, I know he was done for drink driving and reckless driving. I think it was called at the time New Zealand terminology, sorry. But apart from that, I don't know. Sorry. I have a couple of other stories if you're keen, although I do like a bit of info in it. Unfortunately, both my grandparents have since passed, but would love your insight. Love the podcast. Keep it up. Cheers, Dan. P.S. It's Leedley. Like, Ledley. Oh, he's not Ledley As in... Okay. Like, letting your pencil and lee, like Brett Lee. Ledly, not Leadley. Jeez, sorry, Dan. Okay, so there appears to have been some sort of makeshift ramp uh, at the point at which the car kind of skidded at the corner, which could have just propelled it into the air—that's what we suspected, Dad. Mm, but you know what, Paul? What?
2: Um, I mean, my my mind, weirdly, mm. um, which doesn't rhyme with Ledley, but would have rhymed with Leadley. Um, <sighs> my mind, Paul, mm. because I've been to a few of these accidents. I know this is going to sound really. Kind of messed up, but we talk about a makeshift mound. I mean, there is another alternative to, and proposition that we should postulate, and that is that he was trying it could to do have it on, been on purpose, yeah, yeah, could have been attempted suicide. Oh, uh, and he and it because it just sounds all a little bit too bizarre, but definitely possible. But you and I both know, Paul, that Mm -hmm. I was involved in a number of cases that on the surface appeared to be just car accidents. But suicide by motor vehicle and motorcycle Mm -hmm. is not uncommon.
1: No, there is a very, very strange uh, suicide by motorcycle case in Electric Blue. It's one of my favourite stories of yours, actually. Mm. Yeah, uh, it's that's really messed up.
2: Uh. So, and and then there was the case of the man on the freeway um, that goes from Sydney, well, all the way up, I guess, to Queensland. Yeah, and it's a it's a mighty stretch of fast road, and and there was that um, that guy that just spent hours and hours, sort of driving up and down a stretch of that freeway and. And there's a section where the road bifurcates and there's a big concrete, uh, sort of sandstone wall. And that's, and he decided um, to crash into that at over 150 kilometers an hour in a sports car. But, you know, I mean, how does one, if there's no note, you know, if there's no, you know, the police go back to the, the person's house, if, if there's no um, sign. If he hadn't spoken, yeah. he or she haven't spoken to anyone. Mm-hmm. And on the outside, on the surface, as, as is often the case with people that take their lives, is that in the preceding 24 hours, they can appear to be... Very cheerful, yeah. Cheerful, and um, and, and I, I know a guy in Manly, um, we used to see him every morning and he came in one morning and he was particularly cheerful, uh, unusually so. And a part of me actually feels tinge of sadness that i didn't pick up on that but i mean even if you did pick up on that what what do you say Mm. you know do you look it's it's all very harrowing but yeah look so you know it's an interesting case um it could have been that and it just you know he ended up with broken Broken ankles.
1: I'm just really curious as to what it was about the story that made you think perhaps he was doing it on purpose.
2: Um, mm. Well, I guess that the crux for me was when Dan said, like, a makeshift ramp. With a r- no, ramp. no, I,
1: I said it... Well, hang on, how did he phrase it? Because it wasn't... I don't know if he said makeshift ramp. He said... Oh, okay. So he said, um, I should have pointed out it was on a bit of a hill with the point at the bend at the highest point and there was also a mound of dirt along the edge of the road where the road was built into the hillside so could have effectively worked as a ramp. Yeah, so, yeah feasible. Uh, I, I mean,
2: with, with investigation of, of all events, one needs to look at... Um, you need to approach the story with a broad brush and, yeah. and consider mm. all sorts of things. We're not privy to all the information. We don't know. Um, we just don't know what... You know, I guess in life also, listeners and, and dearest Paul, there there would be numerous cases where people have considered a certain way out, mm. and then it's been bungled or interrupted. Yeah, you don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you visit a friend and knock on their door, that 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 little sort of innocent uh, gesture of just popping around. Unknowingly, just to say hi, they're, they're, it's it's undeniable and, and a fact that on occasions you may well have saved someone's life but never, ever known about it. Okay, that makes
1: sense. Yeah, so,
2: yeah it's fascinating.
1: Uh. Um, did you... I mean, what happened, just to tie it back, what happened after the car was removed from the ute uh, at the accident that you had? Mm. I mean, did you talk to people? What was the, you know, you had to do, a, a, I assume, fill out some sort of paperwork or sign some statement or do something. We um,
2: we had to be uh, breath tested. And the question that the officer asked me was, had I had a drink um, last night? Yep. To which I answered yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I blew negative. Yeah. Um, and that's one thing about drinking the night before. If you have a big night and then you get up early and drive, you know, it does take quite a few hours for the body to process alcohol. And mm. if you've had a bender, um, particularly with spirits, it's, it's highly feasible when you go out the next morning. You can still blow over and, and be, be over, and, and which then makes all the insurance null and void, and it's going to be really, really, really bad on yeah. many levels. Mm. Um, so the tow truck driver, when he looked underneath the ute, he, he thought that my chassis had bent, which apparently is pretty serious. So I drove the vehicle, um, but I've been in touch. And something, uh, a bit of an alert here for uh, for listeners. Last night I um, endeavoured, because I'm insured with the NRMA, mm. fortunately the, the ladies uh they also are insured with the NRMA, so that makes it a lot easier. Mm-hmm. But I inadvertently uh, googled NRMA and I came up with a number and I ended up speaking to a call centre in England. Every single person in the call centre, of which I could hear maybe five or six different voices, they were all English, and I said to this guy, are you in Sydney? And he said, yes, we're in Sydney. And I thought, no, you're a, you're a fucking liar. And it, was, it, was a, it almost was a scam... And it was really distressing, um, so I wasted a lot of time last night. And then I had a mob in Sydney call me, and they're brokers, so they sort of are intermediaries. And then I just thought, nah, because when they asked for my credit card details for a hire car, I just thought, I just thought I can't keep going with this. And then I eventually got onto the NRMA, and then fortunately, the lovely girl that the driver she wrote to me last night with a claim number. Mm. So this morning. I'm going to contact the NRMA with her claim number because she's instigated everything. Right. And then I'm just going to follow the, you know, due process and, and get the back of my, my vehicle fixed. Um, but because th- if I don't have a, a ute, um, I'm up shit creek without a paddle. Yeah, great. Putting it mildly. Yeah. So, yeah. But look, you know, it's, um, it's ended well. Uh, we have potentially three new listeners to loose
1: units. I mean, that's a plus. <laughs> Two of them are cops. I do wonder how many police officers actually listen to this show and what they think of the show. Um,
2: um, I think curious. they, those that listen really, I imagine, love it. And um, mm. we've had no negative feedback. And I've had calls from very senior police, um, both here interstate and in New Zealand uh, and England, and they just think it's terrific because it's real and it's great. And, 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 Paul, someone wrote on Facebook about the tunnel... Someone, you know, obviously, sort of bearing deep into the story. Mm-hmm. I think I think it was a great story, and and but this particular person spoke about the tunnel effect. So, in in fairness to to the listeners, and if I can clarify, the tunnel effect was in all the rooms. When I say tunnel, the newspapers went right to the ceiling, so that kind of creates sort of a tall tunnel. Mm. But the tunnel in the bedroom was created with, um, from what I can gather. Layers and layers of cardboard boxes over the top of the tunnel and then paper and paper laid on top of that to create that. And I, I I've thought about this and I've thought about it I guess since since the day I went to that job mm. and it's undeniable that the person that lived there created the cave situation that they slept in simply in my in my my opinion as to create a sense of extreme coziness and safety now because it, you know caves can be very very comforting not to everybody but i find them comforting
1: enclosed spaces i mean if you have certain you know certain psychological things going on you just kind of want to be in, like, a womb-like space. Correct. And, you know, I, yeah. I, get, yeah. I get that, yeah.
2: Yeah, look, when I was maybe three or four years old in Armadale, when I'd visit my grandmother, one of the things I used to love doing, she had a mm-hmm. dining table, yeah. I used to love throwing the blankets over the... Well, I would have obviously had assistance because I was, I was fairly... I wasn't tall, but... Mm-hmm. You know, and I used to create these, um, like, caves under the table and then I'd sort of crawl in and I'd just sit there or lie there and it, was, it just felt bloody fantastic. Like, you, know, you could... You, you know, it was just... it's. It's something, and, and Paul, that thing about the womb, that, that could well be, could be true.
1: Yeah, well, you know, Just picturing you coming out of the womb and going for a soft sand crawl. Hmm. Uh, anyway, that's all the time we have for this week's episode of Loose Ends. Please keep your questions rolling in to facebook.com forward slash loose units. We've got heaps of really great stuff planned over the coming weeks. We're going to be back on Tuesday for a brand new episode of Loose Units. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Have a wonderful weekend. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Cheerio. Now you've switched to Cheerio from bye-bye. Is that because I made fun of you? Yep. Do you want to maybe pivot back to bye-bye? Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Cheerio. Nice, bye. Good. Bye. Yep. All right. Cheers. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.